0: We're going to be learning the Kuti the fifth sicha, the fifth or parsha's Devarim. And this sicha is actually a siam on the Sakhas of Aidhazara, which the Rebbe gave the Siam on Yutes Kislev Kislev, Totsh Mamiralef. And it's it's a fascinating sicha, and it's going to be based on, of course, this, the, the the edited Sikha, which is Mokut and also the talk that the Rebbe gave, uh, which is recorded. And there's a lot of details in the talk that aren't in the Mokut but have a lot of depth and interesting ideas. So we're going to try to go through at least some of those details, and of course, many of the Mokiris that the Rebbe gives in the Sikha. So the end of Mesachas of the Mishnah tells us uh, a knife. So to give a little background, usually the halacha is that if you have treyfekalem, most of the treyfekalem you could use for cold foods. For example, if you go to Airbnb and you want to use a bowl, so as long as the bowl is clean, you could use it for your for your cereal, your cold cereal. If you want to use it for something which is hot, let's say a bowl of soup, then you'd have to kosher it. But for something which is cold, all that needs to be done in order to use non-kosher is to clean it to make sure there's no... Um, trafe residue, but there is an exception, and that is a knife. And a knife really means anything which is used to puncture um, food. So technically, it also would mean a fork. Anything which is being used to puncture. And this is the concept of tuchka the sakina that the knife, since it push, puts a lot of pressure, there's a because of the pressure and the heat that's generated when the knife is uh, being pushed through the food. Therefore, uh, there's two issues that happen: that a um, we assume that the knife will have more fat residue, which is stuck on the knife. And also that when you use it afterwards to cut other foods, because of the pressure that you're going to put on, uh, the, the, the kosher food that you're now cutting, some of the re- residue, which is was absorbed into the knife, the knife itself will come out and that will be relevant, um, if you're let's say cutting a sharp, let's say a sharp let's say you want to cut an onion you're at their Airbnb you have uh, you don't have to you forgot your knife and you want to use the knife which is in the drawer so you clean it off you make sure it's uh, nothing on there and now you want to cut the onion so halakhically, you wouldn't be able to do that because well, there's a chash that, that that of course that might have been used for treif and therefore when you're pushing it into the the the, the socket the, the 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 onion which is charif which is sharp it will cause some of the treif residue to come out and therefore it would be asher um, according to some opinions, Kadenya Tila, according to others, say the whole onion would become uh, not, not usable. But definitely, at a minimum, a nittila, the onion you would have to cut off if you did use such a knife. Okay, so that, that is the background that a knife, even for cold foods, is more stringent than any other, any other type of utensil. So the Mishnah tells us how to capture it. So the Mishnah says a sack and of the that with a sack you should sharpen it or scrape it, and it will become pure. Which means that you're, you're sharpening it, and by sharpening it, that will get rid of the, uh, any residue which is on it, or inside of it. So the Lord tells us that that you need to stick it into the ground 10 times. So Rashi learns what Rabbi Ukva is telling us, is that you need to actually have two procedures in order to kasher a knife. A, you need to sharpen it, and B, you also need to stick it in the ground. Uh, most are argue them on Rashi because they say what would be the purpose of sticking into the ground once you sharpen it? Once you sharpen it, you literally have cleaned it, you've gotten off the, the outer layer. Sticking into the ground, even if it's hard ground, is not going to accomplish more than sharpening it. Rather, what they learn is it's one or the other. Either you can sharpen it, or Rav Ukva is giving us another option, which is to stick it into the ground 10 times um the rashi the, the marshall therefore explains that Rashi actually gives a second shot. Rashi gives a second option. he says what the Kmar could say he says um it could also mean Rashi says that shafa, uh, that Shafa can mean that you first rub it with the cloth and then you stick it into the ground ten times so according to rashi then there's actually we 're not talking about sharpening it because Engahinami sharpening it. Would accomplish more than sticking to the ground so rashi gives a second interpretation which is that you first you clean it with the cloth meaning as you get rid of the fatty residue which is there and then you stick it into the ground that will get any of the bleus which is inside of the sack so that's how the mashas is where rashi gives the second interpretation because he has the same problem the other roshan have why do you need both procedures the first procedure is not sharpening it's just getting rid of the fat and then the the ni'ita, again is to get rid of the residue okay and the gemar just gives some more details that this is talking about the, when you're sticking into the ground it has to be land ground which was never worked with has never been tilled and it's hard ground and another detail is that the knife can't have any holes in it because if it has any holes again then some of the fatty residue can get stuck into that hole and sticking into the ground wouldn't help then the gemar gives us a story and this is a very important story because it's a maissa so when you have a maissa it's halakhla mice is much more relevant Um, there's a a story regarding Ben-Azai that he followed his teacher, Rabbi Akiva, into the bedroom, hid under the bed in order to see how Rabbi Akiva does certain things by by Shah So, And he learned many Allahas from it, the Gemara Tazas. So the shaila is asked, why did he have to go into the bedroom to find out how Rabbi Akiva acted? But how could have just asked the shaila afterwards, Rabbi Akiva, what are you supposed to do in these types of situations? So the explanation is because when a Maiseh is much more powerful, that when there is Halakha, it says in Lamid not for me, classes, Halakha lemais is taught in the most strongest way is mitaych a ma'isirav, the actual story that happened, and that was the psach and this is which actually was occurred, that is a much more powerful type of Halakha Lamaiseh that we're able to learn. So therefore, this that the Gemara gives us the story now about this these halachas of capturing. A knife, we'll, we'll see, will teach us many important halachas. Um, fine. So the Gemara tells us like this that first of all, it has to also only be to eat something which is cold. And it gives the story mm-hmm. that, that, that this procedure of casting the knife will only help for cold, meaning if you want if cold foods. But if you wanted to use it for hot foods, then you'd have to do either hangala or Liban, uh, depending on the situation. the Like the story of Marihuda and Batibaytuli. Habiyaseke made the Shomalka that they were sitting in front of Shomalka. So let's give a little background. who are these three individuals. So first of all, Shomalka. Shomalka was the king of Persia, and he was a Baki b'din. He, he knew halacha quite well, as we're going to see from this story. And it seems like from the story that he had great respect for Tamid de Chachamun. So he was a Baki by halacha. He had respect for Tamid de and, and then we had two individuals in front of him. We had Mar Yehuda, which, there's actually different gear size. Was it Mar Yehuda or Rav Yehuda? And that's going to make enough community. The Rebbe is going to actually focus on that. The individual over here was Rav Yehuda. He says, according to the, the uh, that he was Rav Yehuda, that's going to fit much better with the story. Because it tells us in the Gemara, in Barachas.chaf, that regarding Rav Yehuda, that when he, uh, when there was issues with rain, that there wasn't any rain in Eretz Israel. So, you know, there would be Geyser Tanesim, the the, the there's a whole procedure that which was done in order to pray for rain. It says that when they came to Rabbi Yehuda, all they needed to do was he would take off his shoe to, in a sense, join into the Tsar. And as soon as he would take off his shoe, already the rain would start coming. And the Gemara asks, why? Why is Rabbi Huda so much greater than anyone else? And the Gemara says, the reasoning is because he was Meyser nafesh. He, he was a person that was always, the first to always be Meyser nafesh. He had Indian you know, and Meyser Nefesh by. And the Mefor explained that we're not talking about mysterious Nefesh for the Gimel of because that's not a Chiddush. Everybody has to be Yahweh uh, Bal yavar for the, the Gimel of Eris. So that wouldn't have been the Chiddush for Rav Yehuda. Rather, as the Yosef, one of the commentators of the In Yaakov, explained, he was Moiso Nefesh for every mitzvah. Any mitzvah, he was always Moiso Nefesh on. And this is what we've been discussing in the Seichus for the past few weeks, that as a, that the the Kass of Mishnah writes that even according to the Shifas of Ramam, that usually you're only allowed to be meiser nefesh in those three, three Avers, but for any other mitzvah or avera, you have to be yav or al-ya'are. Right? If not, it would be considered a type of suicide. He says, but an ish chassin, that sees the dar as parts b'kach, he is able to be meiser nefesh for even a mitzvah essay, for anything. So Rabbi Yehuda was such an individual that he was meiser nefesh for, uh, for, for any, any mitzvah. And that's gonna become very relevant for the story because he was, as Rashi explains, he was an individual was a parish called Kachi, who is extremely careful with halacha, especially when it comes to eating of precious, which is usually by, you first to f- foods, eating kosher, and also when it comes to in rice So that was Rav uh, The girsa, as I mentioned, argamar is is but if you look at Rashi, Rashi has the girsa uh, Rav Yehuda, uh, and also Tysus has the girsa of Rav Yehuda. And, other places in the Gmar, when it mentions the story uh, when mentioned, sorry, B- Bati Bartuvi, uh, it actually mentions Rabbi Yehuda with him. So it's the Namashmois is that it could be that the correct person would be Rabbi Yehuda. Who is this Bati Bartuvi? So Bati Bartuvi was was a, a was a freed some. He was partially freed slave. What do I mean by that? That when a when you have an Kanani, there's two part. There's two. Parts of him which is in, which is which is uh, owned by the yid. There's the financial aspect, the mammoning part, and then there's the iser that he's not allowed to marry certain individuals. He's only allowed to marry a shifcha, for example. If he's a slave, he can't marry a bas yisrael. He's um, only in this like a isha. He's allowed to eat Shuma if he belongs to a Kayin. So when a slave needs to be freed, there's two parts which are freed. That a the financial part is given, he gets his financial part, uh, uh, um, the financial worth of his is released and given over to him. And also the Isser parts are released. So what happened with Bati Bartuvi is only the Maman part was released. Uh, the way how the Maman part is released it could be, you could give him a star of emancipation, or you could be after him, or you could be, uh, there's many ways how you can give over the actual worth of the slave and that he could acquire himself. Well, let's say he was master the slave, or let's say if it was owned by Ger who didn't have any children, so as soon as the Ger would die, the Mamayinus part would, would go back, would um, automatically, if he was a gobble, would automatically go back to him. But then there's the Isser. So the Isser part would only be released if he gets a star Shechra. So the Gemara tells us that Rabbi Huda announced, Rabbi Huda announced, that Bati B'artubi, this is the Gemara in Kedushan Dav that because, the Rav says, because of the oh, that because of the haughtiness, he wouldn't take a getcher. I'm not exactly sure why, but um, maybe it was a suffix he was a slave. I'm not sure exactly what the story was, but for whatever reason, he refused to take a getcher. Get so he had his mammon aspect, So he, uh, but he, he wasn't a completely freed part because he still had inyonim of Isr, which were never released. Like he would have had the din of a slave uh, in regards to Isser. And some of the nafkuminis would be, for example, eating Truma. So he was allowed to eat Truma because, uh, I guess, he, um, I'm assuming he was, a coin owned him before. So if he, uh, let's say a coin owned him before, he would have been allowed to eat Truma as belonging to the coin, even though technically he was freed. There's another big Nafkaminis who is he allowed to marry, which is Big Machalitis Rashi and Thaisis. According to Rashi and Tisis, that this individual ain't like the Kama. He says he can't marry Basisra because the the Isser. But on the other hand, he still he can't actually have relations with a shivcha because he was partially freed. According to Tysus, Tysus disagrees, and he says that he can't have relations with a basi but he is still allowed to have uh, um, allowed to have relations with a shivcha and also with a, a goya. Um, he's not allowed to marry. This is an important distinction. He's not allowed to marry uh, a goya because there's a law of loyteschatemah. There's a law of Natar to get married means to niyachid yourself as a, let's just keep it simple, get married to a guy, so that he would not have been allowed to do. But to have relations in a uh, are, take fashion, that's an Iser D'Rabbanan by Metzah The D'Chashmanayim made it Iser that you're not allowed to have even in private, if, if it's public, having relations with the an Jewish woman, then you have the idea of Kanaim Pagan by which we learned about Parshas Balak and Parshas Binchas. Having relations publicly with the Goya, even if it's Pederah you have issues of Kanaim Pagan But if it's Pitsinah, and no one knows about it, and it's not public, then Midir Aisa, you're not being over on iser. but Midir Abon, and there's there's gzerah, And gzerah is understood because it could lead to so it could be lead to, come to doing these things publicly. Uh, according to the raman there's also leads to the, if you're having relations, you can have a child with her, and then that means that the Zera of a Yid is being transferred into a Goy, which, which is very problematic. So there's many problems with it. Uh, but either way, um, having this relations, l'chayra, l'chayra, according to most opinions, is an Banan, if it's B'der So according to Taisis, he says, he was still allowed to have, again, relations with the Shefcha and with a Goya B'der Fine, so that was uh, Bati Bartuvi. So what was the story? So the story was, they're sitting in front of Shoramalka, and Asalakamayir Esrega, so Asra came in front of them. So Pasak Achal. so he, Shoramalka cut off a piece and ate it, and then Pasuk Vahavli, the Balti baktuva, and then he sliced off another piece and gave it to Balti baktuva, and the Pashtas, as the rebel learns in the Sicha, he ate it, and then hadta, Hadr Dotsa Asar Zimni Ba'ar, and then he thrust the knife 10 times into the ground, why did he do it? He eats it because he wanted a castrate And then, Yehuda. and then he gave that to Mar Yehuda. So, important point over here is that by thrusting the knife into the ground 10 times, that permitted him to use that knife for cold foods and even for something which is sharp. Meaning is that thrusting into the ground has the capability even to get that, some of that residue which is absorbed into the knife. So by thrusting into the ground, that amount which is in the klipa in the outer, part of the knife is able to be removed and therefore you can even cut an acid which is considered a sharp food. Masha Inkin, if you if you want to start let's say cutting hot meat with it, then, then it would have to have had to a or libon. So it's important. This is a dabar kharif. Dabar kharif is, is so much more somewhat more lenient than a, a cooked food, uh, which again you would have had need to have a or of a liban for the knife. Masha if it was um, just for something which is sharp, then the itzabakarka is enough. That's the the Vagmar. So he sticks it into the ground 10 times, then he slices off a piece and gives it to Mar Yehuda. Or according to the Girsah, other Girsah, Rav Yehuda. So Bati so, Bar tells him that that individual, meaning himself, I'm not a yin, meaning is why, you, why are you countering it for Rav Yehuda, but you're not countering it for me. So Shvar Malka answers Bati uh, uh, that I know, I know mar. I'm aware that he's very careful, as Rashi explains, that he's a parish, and he won't eat a dover Yisr. But you, I don't, I'm not mochzik that you're you're parish kol kach. another um, others say that, that Shvorah Malka responded, Itkermay avada to urta, I recall what you did last night. Which means, as Rashi explains, that the derch of the, the, the Persians were to give women to their guests and when he sent these women, or when these women, were, it wasn't Shormalka Malka himself, but when his attendants sent the woman to Rabbi Huda and uh, Bati Bartuvi, Bati accepted the woman. Mashinki Rabbi Huda, again, he was a parish, he, he sent the woman away. So that is the story in the end of the Masachta. So what we're seeing over here is, just to, uh, to, to recap, is that Shormalka Malka was a guy. He respected ravi huda and therefore kasha the knife for him Masha inking for bati bartubi he didn't bother he didn't bother kasha the knife and we have two reasons either because he thought he didn't care about it like kim le i didn't know that matter to you or he says because i know for sure it didn't matter to you because you had relations with this woman last night so clearly you're not such a parish these things don't matter to you so therefore i didn't bother okay um so the rabbi asks Numerous questions on on this story. Question number one is: Let's start with the first mandemer. First mandemer says he wasn't kimli Begave. Like I, I wasn't sure about your status. So first of all, is what do you mean you weren't sure about his status? You know what he did the night before. You know you know that what he did the night before. He he, lived, he slept with a woman. So what do you mean like kimli begabe? You could see clearly that this person was not so careful and scrupulous. So if that's what matters that like if he's Zahir or not Zahir, why are you saying you don't know anything about him? You do know because the, the night before, according to the he, he slept with the woman, and we have always a klal that in a story there's usually a machlokis mitzias. But the machlokis what exactly was the story was? So Pappashus, according to both opinions, he, he did sleep with that woman the night before. It's just that according to the first opinion, that for whatever reason didn't make a difference on the establishing of his character. super Malka, and therefore he says I just don't I didn't know. Well, according to the second opinion, that did make a difference in his evaluation, of the character it says, I saw what you did, I know what you did, therefore, I assumed you would not be careful about kashras. So according to the first opinion, though, why, what does it mean, like, Kim le gore, le what, what was it and more importantly is, he's anyway kashring the knife. He's kashring the knife for Rav Yehuda. So why doesn't he just kashra the knife also for him? Like, why Cut, cut it. Then stick into the ground ten times, and then cut it again, and give it to to Rabbi Yehuda. Why didn't he just stick into the ground the give a piece to Bati, and then give a piece to to Rabbi Yehuda? It, it, it's there's no difference in the amount of time or the amount of tircha it would take in order to kasher the knife before he before he cuts the piece for Bati or after he cuts the piece for Bati. So what, what what's the logic in it? And and furthermore. if you weren't sure if he's careful with Kashras, why don't you just it for him i guess it's really it's really a reiteration of the same point if you're not care if you didn't know then just it for him you don't know so kashrut for him like well, why dafka not especially as i mentioned it's, it's no greater tircha. and according to the, the, the second Manda Amr, he says i know what you did the prior night he says just because he knew what he did the prior night therefore that means he's not careful in contrast sometimes you could do a person could steal but he keeps shabbos a person sometimes doesn't keep shabbos but he puts on filling what does one have to do to another? So you're not careful with certain things. It doesn't mean that you're not careful with anything. So the Rebbe explains like this. He starts off first with the the second Manda Amr. the second Manda Ammar, man, which the Amri, which said that his explanation was, I, "I knew I knew what you did last night." So he says, "Over here, our Gemara, we're not talking about a we're not the the the." the Tr- we're not talking about treif papaya. We're not talking about that. This knife was used for something which was treif, and therefore is mamish asamideraisa. He says it's hard to say that way because we're talking about a king and it's a knife which is being used for cutting fruits. So we're talking about a king, but Paschus the king had a knife which is, was which was specifically used for cutting fruits. He didn't have a large cleaver knife which is used to cut meat. It's talking about a small knife which is used to cut fruits. So Bapashkos over here, um, it was talking about a knife which is used specifically for fruits, so therefore wouldn't have had a problem with Isra Midar And we, we see this also in al when it, when it, when it, with, with uh, stores, with the owner of a store, that we assume also that he has different knives for different things. Like he has a special knife for the fruits and special knives for uh, you know, fish or meat. But rather, what was the problem over here? The problem over here was Vishalakam, that he, they would cook Many of the fruits and vegetables which they would uh, have, it, it was um, it was cooked by a guy, and then the knife would be used to cut those vegetables or those fruits. Therefore, the the, the, the fruit, the sorry, the knife would have been mekabel the bishul part. So let's say they were let's say cooking uh, carrots, and then they would cut the carrots afterwards to make some type of salad out of it, um, some Moroccan carrots. So now the, the 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 knife would have a problem that it was boilea bishul So what's the reasoning for Bishalakim? So in the in it's there's two reasons which are given. One reason which is given is because uh, the, uh, is because of their chasmus that we're afraid, the Khammur Geiser, that uh because it's possible that from um eating uh, coming close and eating with a non Jew, eventually they come might come to the issue of getting married to them. So therefore, there are geyser that you're not allowed to eat the bishalakam. Therefore, one of the important rules are that's only food which is royal shulchan molachim. it's only respectable food, meaning if you had a guest over, this would be a type of food that you would serve them. Anash'enkin <inaudible> foods which were not considered something which was respectable, that were not chayshis, that would come to their houses. therefore they were never goizran. So it's respectable foods. It has to be foods which are have to be eaten, cooked. So if it's a food that can be eaten raw or cooked, it doesn't apply. It has to be foods which are cooked, um, and are royal shulchan molachim. So, that's One reason, the second reason which is given is because of Shema Yoba Yotlach, like Dabar Tami. That where kosher. said, if you're eating by the guy, it might come that you might come to eat something which is right. Yeah, you know, this is kosher, but you know, from, from eating with him one time, the next time you're not so careful, he brings out another food, you assume it's kosher. It might eventually come that you're eating Dabar Tami, therefore, you know, a lot of nishra'akim. it's interesting. Rashi. Brings the first reason in the Mishnah that you that might come to eat at the Vartameh. And in the Gemara, he brings the, second, uh, the other reason of Der Chasnos. Rashi brings both. So the Achorinim asks, why is Rashi bringing both reasons? Is it one or the other? So some want to say that, according to Rashi, that the only applies uh, that you, when, you have both, when you have both reasons that there's a shasha that he might come to eat you at the Bartame. plus there's a Chshash there's of Der Chasnos. Some say Rashi says you need to have both. But the, most place can hold that, uh, you, can, you know, either reason on its own uh, would be enough. So the Rebbe wants to say that the Chayra, this is the Machlech, between the first Ikeda Amrei and the second Ikeda Amrei. So let's focus on the second thing He says, the, first, the second Ikeda Amrei holds that the problem is of So Why can't you have Bisholakum? Because of chastos. So therefore, what was Shmur Malkin telling him? He says, the whole problem with Bisholakum is that it might come to lead you to Chasmus. He says, but you were sleeping with the Goisha lady last night. So clearly, that's that's not really a problem by you. It's it's it's, it's, a, it's a direct correlation. And now let, let's get this in more detail according to Rashi and Thesis. So according to Tysis, this answer Mamish works very well. Taisus the one he held that body. Since he was a somewhat freed slave, he was actually allowed to live with Shepachis uh, and also Anachriah B'derech So technically, according to Toysus, Bati was allowed to lie with this woman. So what Shvormalka was telling Bati is that if you're allowed to sleep with this woman because you're considered Ebed uh, ben then obviously the Isser Bishlatan doesn't apply to you. There's the whole reason we have Bishlachim is that Shemayovei Shemayovei is, you might come to Chasnos, but if you're allowed to actually live with a woman, b'derech are, and the Chonim not Gezer on you, the gzera of not sleeping with a woman, which the Chashim or Gezer, because it might lead to Chasnos, does not apply to you, then for sure, then the, 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 the Dover katan, which is that you're not allowed to even eat their cooked food because it might lead to der- 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 the for sure doesn't apply. The rabbi says in a way that it's v'chama masai mana. If the masaim doesn't apply to you, if you're allowed to sleep with the nachri and a shufcha, then for sure the mana, the, the other gezer, which is which also might lead to Hasas, for sure doesn't apply to you. So it's a logical thing. Uh, and and the rabbi really gives two reasons. The reason I just mentioned that it's logical that the chama were never wouldn't be gezer. If does if this whole issue doesn't apply to this gavra, then obviously. Uh, if the, the reasoning, the logic doesn't blind to the gavra, then obviously there never would have been geizer that gezerah onto this gavra. And he says, the second point is that the by bishul akim, even when they made the gezerah, it was with certain. It was only on certain things. It wasn't on any type of bishul akim that which is being done. It automatically becomes aser. No, the Bishal akim was only if it's right, a Only if it's something has to be cooked. It's like something which is raw, which only can be edible when it's cooked. They're always restricting the dharm when Bisholak applies. It wasn't just anything which, which was Bisholak. Therefore, it's logical when the chamim were Gezer or they only would have been gozer on a situation which makes sense. But by Bati, who is allowed to live with the then for sure they wouldn't have been gozer that, it, that, that he wouldn't be able to have Bisholak and therefore wouldn't have applied to him. So that was uh, that answer according to how Taisos would explain it. It's a, even according to Rashi that holds that he was taka asr with this woman, but nonetheless, shormalk is saying, why should I be careful? Like, why should I be Zahar for you? Why should I make sure you're not eating? I, you don't. You clearly don't care about this. Uh, there were gets, uh, in Haris talks about the idea of if there's lefne iver, there's an idea of a lefne iver like sita michshol that you're not allowed to help someone be over and if that applies by a guy. So the Bashiach, it doesn't apply to Agay. So therefore, Shoramalka is saying, you know, you know w- w- why should I have been careful for you? There's no Lefnei Iber. You clearly don't care about it. Alamai for Rabbi Yehuda, he's saying, I was careful for it because, you know, it could have been Lefnei Mishra Um He he was trying to help him out over because of it, as we're going to see, because of his great respect for Reb Yehuda, he wanted to make sure that he would be uh, be, be able to eat the food that he uh, felt was kosher, or, or and not eat the food which he helped was asher. But that had to do with Malka doing that on his own because of his great respect or the fini Shur siddin that he had for Rabbi Yehuda. But that clearly would not have applied to uh, Bati, who, who 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 wouldn't have didn't care about the the, the, the nachria, which is the Iker HaGzera, Is that you might come to their hastnos, and he wasn't cared about nachri, but b'derech. All right, and he says, and for sure I wasn't gonna. I didn't care, you know, you I figured you wouldn't care about just eating uh Bishop Akum. So that explains it according to the second manda umar Now let's look at the first manda umar So the first manda umar said that it's like Kimli Bigave. And we had a few questions on it. Like Kimle Gabe, you know, first of all, why wasn't Kim Ligveh he was sleeping with this woman the night before? Also, even if you're if you're not like Kimlay Bebe, if you're not certain. Then just, you know, just, just to kashr it first. Anyways, you're kashring it. So if you like him to they like, kashr, then then give it to him because you're anyways kashring it for yehuda so just kashr it a little bit earlier. Because according to the first man, Amar, he held that the ikar egzer is the of you know, that you might come to eat uh tameh. The is shama yavala achal advar tame. So therefore, why was Allah Kim Leibhavé? He says, even if he slept with the Benachriyah the night before, but that has nothing to do with Bishel Akim. Meaning, as, according to the first Manda Amr, has to do with that you might come to eat non-kosher food. Sleeping with Benachriyah is a problem of that you might come to have chasnos. These are two totally different avers. So even if he knows he's not careful about the union of chasnos, or maybe according to Thaisis, even halakhically he doesn't have to be worried about the whole union of chasnos, uh, at least the xera aspect of it. But that has nothing to do with eating Bisho Akim according to the first time number because that has nothing to do with chasnas. Bisho Akim has to do with that you might come to eat Tref. and therefore, like him, like a he didn't know if he's careful about kosher or not kosher. So therefore he says, like him, like he was like him, like a so, so, you know, just give it to him, which is kosher. So the vort over here is Rabbi's mechadishin, a beautiful idea, a very interesting idea. Because the problem over here was there's halacha that's in the Gemara that a parnas, is not a parnas, someone who's a leader of the community is not allowed to do melacha in front of three people, and that's by Parness. So kolshkin a melach is not allowed to do melacha in front of three people because it's a it's a b'zoyin. That's the halacha because the kovod malchus. The, the melech is not can't even be meicha. king is not allowed to be on his because he has to have a certain dignity. And the reason why that's so important is because if the is because it's the respect and the fear of the king which upholds the government, which upholds society. Without the fear of the, of the government, each individual would swallow his friend. So it's the fear of the government, the fear and and the respect of the government. That's what keeps society uh, going. And this is a, a, a side point also very essential for the Shabbat mitzvahs B'nai Na'yaf. The purpose of Shabbat mitzvahs B'nai Naya is the Shabbat Shitzara, is to make this world inhabitable, world That's why they have the court system. The court system is to make the world a place where people can live and people could thrive, and businesses could thrive, and communities and the economy could thrive, and therefore you need proper court systems. So therefore, part of that is respecting the people who are in charge, because that, uh, of course, allows for everything to run smoothly. So he was not allowed, he wasn't so... Shvor Malka wasn't allowed to really do melacha in front of three people. The exception is when it's for a mitzvah. For a mitzvah that's shiny, then he's allowed to do a work because that's not for the covet of the individual, that's for the covet of Hashem. For example, we we learn in Gemar Sait uh, every year, it says that by Grifas, he, um, he would stand, but when it was Hakel, when he would read the Torah, he would stand in the Ezra They would have a bima in the Ezra and he'd read the certain parts of the Torah. He would stand. The asks, why would he stand? It says the Malch Yisrael, they're allowed to sit in the Ezra Sanashim. So the king was allowed to sit when he was reading the Torah. He didn't need to actually stand up. So the Marist says, mitzvah shiny oh, the, the, So he says, because he was meichon. So the Maharaj says, aye, a king can't be meichon as He says, mitzvah, mitzvah, shiny. mitzvah, is different. The reasoning is because it's not for the, it's for the covered of the king. It's the, it's the covered of the Torah, which is the, really the covered of the Shima. Masha Ma'asha'enkin, if it's a covered for individual, that he would not be allowed to be b'icham. So for example, if a, uh, I think the Mark is an example, Taisus says this, that if a, um, that, that if a, a kala, procession of a kala was passing by, the king would, and then the king's entourage is coming in the opposite direction who should move on who should move away from one from the other so really the the kala's entourage has to move away so the mara gives a story how i think it was also the grief us, that he moved to the side and the mara has to figure out why how, how is he allowed to move to the side uh, he's not allowed to be meichel on his coming so Mar says was oh, a precious drop there's two paths so he took one way the Kala went the other way so it wasn't a problem so tesis asks what do you mean Mitzvah shining. Maybe he was Meichel because it was a mitzvah, so mitzvah of Hakhnas so Therefore, he was Meichel. So Taisa says that the only time that you're allowed to be Meichel is when it's something which is for the for for the, the Shechina, not for a kavod which is Negeta bas Vadam. Even if that bas Vadam is doing a mitzvah, because technically the kala also has a mitzvah to honor the king. So they both have a mitzvah to honor each other, and the halacha is that the the honor of the king comes first. So therefore, when he's moving aside, he's not fulfilling a mitzvah at that point because she has the mitzvah. In this situation, the is that she's supposed to honor him, not the other way around. So therefore, the halachas of mitzvah shine, would only apply when it's to Hashem, like, as I said, standing up when, when he's reading the, the sacred Tyre, stuff like that, but not when it's relevant to a da. Okay, so with that introduction, so we have to understand why Swaramalka Malka wasn't allowed to do malacha. in in front of Bati and Rabbi Yehuda. And the only section there would be would be for a mitzvah. Therefore, he wasn't allowed to cut um, the the, the asterisk for Bati. We'll see in a second why Rabbi Yehuda was different. But for Bati, he wasn't allowed to cut it because it wouldn't have been called the Kavad Malchus for him. What about Bati? Why did he eat it? Why is Bati eating something which is not kosher? If he's careful about it. Especially as we see that since Shvorah Malka was a person that was uh, clearly had respect for the tire he had respect for Timidah Chachamim, he should just say, like, oh, I'm not allowed to eat this, it's a Bishwalakam. Again, it's according to the First Vandah Amar that it's, it's a totally different Isser, and Bati would, would have been the B'choyev in that Isser. So the reasoning is, because this would have been a problem of Meirat B'Malchus. The Gmar tells us in Megillah that uh, Haman, one of the things he told Ahas was, is that if, you would give a cup of wine, ta'yid, he would pour it on the ground, but if a fly would go into that cup of wine, he would just take out the fly and then he would drink the wine. So you see that they they have no respect for you, therefore they deserve to be killed so again, so we see from this Gamar that union you know, of showing disrespect to the king is, is an aspect of being murdered the malchus, and therefore it would be uh, again he was he was also a Persian king it 's an union of being murdered the Malchus and therefore you'd be five misa. We have another story that've ever quotes many times. Is Mach bekeim Malka? It was the story of Yeshua that there was an apikorus, which is a, and Rabbi Yeshua were in front of the king, and the, the apikorus made some type of sign, you know, a question on on of Yeshua, and Yeshua did some other type of sign back to him. Some type of sign language. So when the king asked what was going on. So Rabbi Yeshua was able to explain. Like what well, he asked this question, and he made an answer. When he asked the other individual, he says, I, I don't know what he answered. Rabbi Yeshua answered. I don't speak that sign language, so he killed that person that he was had the disrespect to use sign language in front of the king when he doesn't even know what those uh what the sign language is. It was a, considered a disrespect to use sign language in front of the king because if you don't know what the words mean, that means it wasn't a language. it was just making funny things in front of the king, so that was disrespectful of what you were doing. you sure that he was responding and, and so uh, therefore it was considered that he was talking in front of the king. I, I assume that was permitted clearly. So that was fine. Masha Incan, this other person, he made he was he was making funny, funny images with his hands. That was what was considered and therefore he was killed. It was considered a design to the king to make these types of images if you're not actually speaking with sign language. I guess like uh, similar to nowadays, a person's deaf and he's using sign language in, in certain situations in front of a king, it wouldn't be considered disrespectful because that's the way he, how he speaks. Masha Inkin if you're an individual that could speak and you don't do sign language, but instead of talking you start Doing things with your hands that would be considered disrespectful. Okay. So, but the point is that showing disrespect with the king is, is a form of mirut the malchus, and therefore you'd be chayv misa. So therefore, Bati, when the food was given to him, when the asuk was cut and given to him, he had to eat it because if he would have thrown it away, like uh, you know throwing away the cup of wine Achashverosh gave, that would be considered being by the malchus. It would be considered a design to the king and you'd be chai misa. Therefore, it's a situation of pakuach nefesh. And we know the halacha is that by pakuach nefesh, it's mutter to eat, uh, that, to eat that fruit. The Rebbe even brings an R45 that from the Tanya, it says not only is it muter, it it's a hetter gomer. It's completely uh, mutter, And he brings that there's a shakvetaria what it means that if it's completely mutter, does it mean it's just nidcha, that because of the importance of pukuch nafesh, that pushes away the Isr? Or does it mean that it becomes, in, in situations of pukuch nefesh, it's literally mutter, that there's not even a problem of eating this particular food? Um, and halachofi, a an would be in a situation of, let's say, choyla, that has a sakhan and he has to eat something which is straight, if he's supposed to make a bracha or not. So if it's Nidcha, that means it's still problematic to eat this food, but because of the Kuch Depp, it just pushes away. So you're not supposed to make a bracha, because you're making a bracha of something which is awesome. But according to the opinion that it's Heter Gomer, then you actually make a bracha on that tray for food, because you're having Handah. It's completely mutter for you to eat this food. Therefore, you have to make a bracha. And I think Allah will we pass that you do make a bracha. But of course, ask uh, your Rav. He brings also Shabbat and Cha'an Aichol, Mitzvahu to the point to that it's completely motor and it might even be a mitzvah to eat it to save uh, your life. And therefore, that's the reason why Bati ate it and he didn't have any problems. What we'll went with Rabbi Huda. Rabbi Yehuda, though, he was, as we mentioned, a person that was moist on that fish on any type of mitzvah. As we brought earlier at the beginning of the Shia from the Gemara and Brachis, that the Lushan of the Gemara was a um, uh, he was from the first have become maser natshe that He would be meiser nefesh on kedushas Hashem, even in a situation where he was not mechuyev to be meiser nefesh. That was that was his personality. Therefore, Shlom Malka knew that he he was kimlei begave. When it says kimlei begave, and this is a big kedushah it doesn't mean he was kimlei that he would be that he was zorir to eat kasher, kasher while butter. He didn't know if he kept kasher. No, he knew both of them kept kosher, and ate kosher food. What was kimli begave was that Rabbi Yehuda would be moiser nefesh not to eat anything which had a chashish. Mash came by bati. He, he wasn't kimli begave. If he would be moiser nefesh, uh, even for bisholakim. So therefore, so for bati bartuvini, he wasn't allowed to cut the food for right? him because it would have been uh, bazillion for the king. Mash came for Rabbi Yehuda that Rabbi Yehuda, he knew he would not, wouldn't eat it. He wouldn't eat it in any other way. If he would have cut it, he, wouldn't, he would have refused to eat it, even though it was a situation of kuch nefesh. Therefore, he was mukhr he had no choice. He had to cut it, else he wouldn't have eaten it. And as we explained earlier, that in a situation of mitzvah shayni, a situation of mitzvah shiny, you are going to be meichel on the kabi. So in this situation, it's not exactly the same thing. Rabbi writes exactly the al exactly the mitzvah but the point is, R. Four Nine. Eim bazahapach kaved sholmalach became shu'asaz that sholei kashim iser. The reason why he did this was that in order that Rabbi Yehuda shouldn't be nichshal in an iser. Al berachad the site to sham mitzvah shayin, which is similar to Taisus over there, the uh, Gemara over there. Where it says mitzvah shayin. So it's on manish exactly the same thing. Because there it's for the tzarecham mitzvah, which is relevant to him. Here is in order to save someone else from doing an iser. But it's the same idea. Is that it, it was it was mitzvah. Uh, Kabbat of the Tara, Kabbat of the Tara Mitzvah, Kabbat of Rabbi Yehuda, that he was careful about this type of thing, and therefore Shor Malka was going to assist him to be careful in uh, the Kashras. And that's, now we can understand the story. So, Bati Bartuvi, he eats it, he sticks it into the ground 10 times, he gives it to uh, Rabbi Yehuda. And then Tab says, wait a second, why don't you do the same thing for me? I'm also a Yisrael. I'm also a yid. Why, why aren't you doing the same thing for me? So, therefore, he gives him two responses. The first response he gives him is because him, Kim Legave, him I had to be my servant. Him, he would have been my servant Nefesh, not to eat the food. Therefore, I, I had to cut it for him. Mashing, can you? It wasn't Kim Legave. Therefore, I, I wasn't so careful. According to the Ikeda Amri, as we said, the Pshat would be him, you, you, are, are weren't either, were, were either, according to Tosis, so you b'chalal aren't together, this particular Gzerah, so therefore there was no point. Or he was saying, according to Rashi, now we can have a deeper appreciation of Rashi. Rashi was saying is, by you, you weren't, I know that you're not careful about the isser of sleeping bechlal with anachria, uh, which is a, that itself is a gezer So therefore I assumed, of course, you would not be careful about eating Bishalakim, which which is also gzerim Shum chasnos, I, you know, if, if just anyways, just kosher it up for him. Saying the word is he couldn't just kasher it for him, since he knew he wasn't careful about the issue of chasnos, then he assumed he wasn't careful with Bishalakim, So therefore he knew that he would not be meiser nefesh not to eat Bishalakim. Since he knew he would not be meiser nefesh be b- b- bishulakim, therefore he wasn't allowed to actually cut it cut it for him because that would have been a bezoyan of the Beautiful explanation of the Rebbe. And the Rebbe adds one more detail. This is Ara uh, fifty, and the Rebbe actually in the in the in the um, the talk, the recorded talk, speaks about this in more length. But still, what shaila is, he was cutting a piece for Bati, and he's also cutting a piece for Rabbi Yehuda. So couldn't you just switch it, first doing the eats in the ground ten times for Rabbi Yehuda, and that would have been permitted, because it was to help him not to be nichshol in an answer. And now it's kosher. So now cut it for bati. Meaning, why did he have to dafka do it in a way? He first cuts it for bati, and he's not allowed to kashra, because bati wasn't careful, and therefore it would have been, he's not allowed to do any malacha. So he first cuts it for him, and he can't do any the bakaka for him. So, you know, he gives it, to, and then only afterwards he cuts it for Rabbi Huda. Just do it Rabbi Huda first, and that would have taken care of the whole issue. Then everybody could have been eaten kosher. So the Rabbi discusses this, this point of my surah, which we were discussing at the beginning of the share. That the mail of a ma'isirav is that it teaches you halacha in a much deeper and a much uh, greater eifin. A- until there's even, as I said, the ma'imer chazal that you pass an halacha from dafka ma'isirav. Mechla always the halacha when the when the Gamar brings a ma'isirav, um, that always the halacha is like the ma'isirav. I even mean, the machloikas and then there's a ma'isirav. We know that's the Psaktin, The halacha is like the ma'isirav. It's very powerful for Psaktin, and the details in the story are very important. So therefore, what was happening over here is. Shvormant Dafka made the story happen in this particular way is because he wanted to see what Rabbi Yehuda's reaction would be. He wanted to do a story in front of Rabbi Yehuda and then see the reaction of what Rabbi Yehuda would say or do and then he would know what the halacha is. So let's go through it. He sticks the knife into the ground 10 times. Why 10 times? According to Yishami, it's three times. So, so we're seeing that according to the Bavli, Lot of the halakh is, because Rehuda didn't say why you're doing it ten times, just do it three times. But the babli pasta is that you don't need to stick the knife into the ground. It's not enough to stick it into the ground three times. Rather, it has to be stuck into the ground ten times. Um, the, also, another detail is, the Rebbe points out, that is even with a small knife. I think there's a, a, a the, the discussion if it's adopted by a small knife or, or a large knife. So from this that the it Was a smaller knife because again it's cutting S-ray, so we assume it's a small knife. But even a small knife, the has to be done for a small knife. Uh, that that also we're learning from here. Another detail is that it's usher to do a malacha for an individual, um, who, who wouldn't, uh, for bati, since bati he knew would have eaten the, uh, the Bishol Akim. And since it was a situation of Pekuach Nefesh, it would have been mutter for him to do it. So therefore, what was going on over here? There was a problem of a Bishol to the king, and matzad the other individual, it was completely mutter for him to have it because of Pekuach Nefesh. So in a situation where you know, Bati could, uh, the Shaila would be, should Shvor Malka help Bati not be Nichol and the sister, or should he rely on that, look, it's netha, a hatter for butti, and therefore I'm just going to cut it the regular way. So halakhul is that he did the right thing, that shefor malchus because of the bazayin for the malchus, he should not cut, uh, she should not kasher, I'm sorry, she should not kasher the knife. Rather, he should um, let Bati eat it and rely on the heter in, in that particular type of situation. And we're also learning that if the individual is an individual like Rabbi Yehuda, that he knows for sure he will, uh, not eat the food, then you. Then, then the king is allowed to do a malacha for him. So the reason why he did it this way, it was important because he wanted to teach these halachas. He wanted to see what the Maeserah would be, what would Rabbi Yehuda's conclusion be. And then the rabbi finishes off with an amazing hayra, that the hayra is, that the, the Kemar tells us about two individuals on in front of the king. One of them was afraid of the king, for the not-Jewish king. And therefore, he ate the fruit that the Shor gave it to him, even though it was cut with a non-kosher knife. And he found the hetero at it's okay. And therefore, that king did not have a great amount of respect for him. And the, but, but by the second year, what the Shor Malkin knew, he knew that this individual, Rav Yehuda, was a person that cared about Torah and he was, would stand by his principles and would Shum Oifen not eat this fruit, even if it was a situation of B'kuch nefesh, then Shvormalka was the vater on, about his own trade office, And he himself was meshamish and helped out Rabbi Yehuda. I, why did he himself need to help him out? Why, is it, why Shvormalka? Get one of the servants to do the Neitzah Bekaka. I say Rabbi Yehuda, oh, you want to eat kosher? Here's the knife. Stick him to the ground 10 times. Why did he do it? The reasoning is because when, when a, a goy sees a yid, which is a yir Shemayim, who's persh from Yisurit, in a situation biz to Mitziris Nafesh, then the Goy considers that a covet to be able to serve with his yid. This is a covet for the king. So he wanted to help the sadhikah. It wasn't, I'm going to get someone else. This is a covet. I'm able to assist him to, to, to fulfill the Torah mitzvahs. Like uh, the, the Pasik says, malachim umnayich. when Mashiach comes, the comes, the, the, the kings will be uh, the umnaich, your, your your workers. Meaning is that that will be a covet for them. So he helped him out. Uh, even Bukufai, with all the Hadurim. Meaning the is that it was helping him out, even in a situation that there was a heter. So it wasn't just he was helping out for something which he would have, uh, he was to do Rabbi Huda. Rabbi Huda was being Moiser, something which is a durabana, uh, and it was something which was, he even had a heter for because of the But nonetheless, since he, was, he knew he was careful for it, the king uh, felt that it was a, a big swus for him. And so therefore he says that through the Sanhaga, Conducting ourselves like Rabbi Huda, that's the seam of Aveda Means This is the vat of the Innan of Aveda and through that, Bahay Sahashan Mahablucha, Bahay Yashan Lamalach, Akala Arts, Bukhar Mamish. just want to add one very important detail that the Rebbe brings at the beginning of the Sikha that, that this Gemara is a source for a opinion regarding uh, the plate that comes out of kalem of bishul nachr, meaning is like this. So there's machlechis regarding if, if the kalem which are used for bishul nachr. So let's say a nachim uses uh, a kli to make some type of vegetable soup. So the kli now, uh, was, bishul achim was cooked inside of it. And now the question is, could the kli's cleaned out? Could now I need use that kli without kashring it? So it's not like it's according to one opinion. It says, yes, of course you could. The isr of Bisholak is Mshum Chasnos, the plata which comes out of the Kli, that's not bringing anybody to Chasnos. Chasnos is when it's you know, a, a respectful food, which is Ayla Shulchan not that you're using a Kli, that some of the flavor which is in the Kli will come out and into a- 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 your food. Is that they were never Geyser? Because that it has nothing to do with Chasnos. While the second opinion holds that that is also Asr. Why? What's the logic? So the reason is, is because when they answered Bishal Akim, they said that if it's a chashr of food, let's say the, the, these potatoes, these vegetables which are being cooked, and they said that these foods are now Asim, because of Bishal Akim, they answered it and they answered it completely. So, so once they said that this is something which is tripe, something which was Asir, it's Asir with all of the details of, of, of Isir, even regarding the plate that which comes out of it. All right? So in other words, according to the first opinion, when they answered the bishul al they only answered it, based on the logic of chasm. So whatever the logic of chastas would apply, that's when it would be usur. If it doesn't apply, then it would not be applicable. Masha'ikin, according to the Roi skin, they said when they asked for Akam, they made bishul'akum, like just like any other tray for food, which is usur middurban, and therefore even the plate that which is coming out of it would also be usur uh, midirabana. Or, or in the words of the Rokhacharvar, it's it's it becomes the etzim ha So he says the marker for this concept is, is an Argamar. In our Gemara, the knife was a clean knife. Why? Because first of all, he cut an asterisk for himself. The first slice that he cut was for himself. So that would have it, gotten rid of the shanunas. Plus, as we said, it was a knife of a king. A knife of a king is clean. They don't usually give the king dirty knives. So Bapashtis, we should assume that the clean was the knife. So there was no shanunas. So there was nothing on it. So what was the problem with the knife? That it was used in the past. To, for Bishol nachri, for Bishol Akam. so what we're saying is that the plate that when he used the knife and there was a duchka sakina, which would have cut the asher was it was a sharp food, the duchka desakina would have caused some of the plate, some of the baliyah bul- which was inside of the knife to be pilot and trafe up the food. So this is this is is, is, a, is a good source, a mucker for the opinion that holds that it would be asher. The points out in R fourteen that that that's the Pashtas, how to learn it. It is according to the other opinion that holds that the, the baliyah which is in the Sakim, the baliyah of Bishalakim is not halakhically problematic. How is he going to explain the story? He is the only way that they can explain the story is that he has to say that there was a Shemnunas to end, that there was a shamnunus on this knife. So Shor Malka cuts it for himself and the Shemnunas remained. He cuts it a second time for Bati and the Shemnunas is still there. Therefore he has to stick into the ground 10 times. That gets rid of this shamnunus, and then he, he serves it to Rav Yehuda. He says, but that's L'chair, just a doyfik to learn that way, because A, again, like as the Marshal says, cutting, cutting the asterisk would have removed it. It's just like wiping it with a cloth. That would have got rid of the Shamanas. And and as furthermore, it's, it's a king. So the Pashtunist, it was completely knocky So therefore, L'chaira, the way how to learn this Gemara, uh, would be a source for the opinion that Bishal machri is a Isr, the Chama Morgoyzai should become an Isr Be'etzen, And not only when the init of fastness supplies.